1: Two, one, and we're back. Julie, it is February the 5th, and we are going to pick up where we left off yesterday. We were talking about lead generation yesterday. It's definitely the topic de jour for every real estate agent ever was and ever will be. Yes. That's for sure. Because honestly, nowadays with all these options, and I put quotes around the word options, it's very confusing as to what you should be spending your time, let alone your money on, focusing on. And before we get to our next point. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about, because I had some, I had one person in particular that sent me a, uh, I think a respectful, but very confused text. And the text was something about um, social um, media and and all that stuff. And there were some, this was somebody, and I spent some time researching him before I responded. It was actually a gal. And I I, you know, went to her Instagram page and I, you know, could clearly see why she had been, upset that we were sort of poking at the fallacies that a lot of you know people are hooking their ship to with in belief that it's going to create steady stream of leads for them um, and, uh, in her case in particular, she'd been doing a lot of really great posting little videos and Instagram loops and all this other stuff. And I didn't really spend a lot of time beyond Instagram, but I'm sure she also was doing similar things on, you know, probably TikTok and Facebook and all the rest of it. So she had been listening to one of our competitors actually for mm-hmm. two years who had been told, who'd been telling her that her mission in life is to constantly be turning out media and content and her mission in life is to, you know, make it. So every single day you discipline yourself to make so many social media media posts, and so many videos, and all this is going to build some sort of brand that's a super high wall around your business that'll make it so you'll somehow be able to make lots of money selling lots of houses. Well, I didn't um, spend a lot of time with her trying to pick through the business model aspect, in other words, how much all of her uh, social media effort was translating into transactions, but I did ask her this one question, and this isn't something I thought of. Actually, I heard this someplace else, but I thought it was really great. The point, the point I was wanting to make to her was that she will always be vulnerable, her business will, her lead generation uh, will always be vulnerable if she's so dependent on something that she doesn't own. And the quote is, why would you build your castle on land that you don't own? And that's in essence what she's doing. Um, and then I started doing some noodling just so I could make the point in real terms. And there has a, been a ton of these social media companies that have, you know, at the very least, they've changed the algorithm. So, for example, I know on YouTube right now, the people that have lots of YouTube videos, they're getting actually less views. Well, why is that happening? Why is that happening in this era of COVID where you think more people will be watching videos? Well, who knows why it's happening? I mean, you can theorize until the cows come home. But the point is, is it's changing. And most likely it's changing because YouTube is now changing again how it goes about choosing which videos will be easily found when someone's doing a search. Uh, And then you go and look at like social media sites that have come and gone like Vine and all these others, where people have spent so much time, money, and effort trying to create some kind of presence on this media channel, thinking that that would be some sort of, you know, long-term lead generation funnel for them. And then it either just completely goes away, like Vine, or the algorithm gets changed. And, And the other thing I've noticed is a lot of you guys are really stuck on SEO, it's SEO is just sort of this confusing mess of ever-changing rules and I can t- clearly understand why you're confused about it because there's so many snake oil salesmen out there that are telling you you need to do this and you need to do the other thing and, and see the problem with all this stuff guys is not only do you not own the platform that you're putting all your time, money, and effort into not only do you not own that platform it could just be taken away from underneath you You know, build, would you build a house on land you don't own but the other thing is, is that there's no way to hold it accountable so you can not Actually, hold anything that you're doing on social media accountable. That is the one thing that Julie and I have always really had a lot of disdain towards with regards to stuff that's sold to agents. People who are selling stuff to agents intentionally sell stuff to you guys that you can't hold them accountable for. That way you can't say their product didn't work that they were selling to you. You get it? It's basically a perfect fly trap for them. You start doing it, and when it doesn't work, what do they tell you to do? Do more of it, do it for longer. Um, and all and this, upgrade
2: whatever you're paying for.
1: Exactly. And all these people, these people are in the business of selling you hopium. That's it. That's at the end of the day what they're in the business of selling you. And you have to make a decision whether you're going to continue to be sold something that probably at this point intuitively you know is kind of a ridiculous thing to be spending so much time and effort on. Or whether or not you actually want to learn how to do the real work of real estate and get into the, you know, essentially the end of the pool where everyone's making the money helping people and focusing on being a listing agent. And move away from this, you know, this myth that you can somehow fake your way through being a fake influencer and a fake expert and, you know, leaning on somebody else's Lamborghini basically and try to somehow convince the uh, the world that you're the agent that they should use. Um, And then you guys are the same people that will essentially die in the hell of social media are also the same people that are watching Zillow slowly come in and basically eat their lunch and put them out of business and yet they still buy leads do you see what you guys have done you got in you got into real estate to essentially be your own boss be independent have no ceiling on your income have you know all the rest of it and yet you get into real estate and you actually are in a worse off situation many of you than you were before but you just don't know it Because now you're dependent on all of these third parties to feed you leads. You have never learned how to be a proactively generator. And they all change. Look at Zillow. Look, what happened to Zillow's reviews that all of you guys spent so much time on? Oh, they said it was a mistake in the code or the programming. Yeah, right. Come on now. When Zillow actually is in your town and you're going against a Zillow agent for a listing, do you really think that brokerage, which is Zillow, is going to basically feature you in any favorable light on their website? Why would they? You're the competition. Don't you obviously? Isn't this so clear to you? And so many of these other companies too. You know, I remember there's been so many of these dingbat fads that have come and gone in the last 10 to 15 years. And I don't even want to rattle off all the names of them because it's just, you know, if they come back around in some other iteration, I'll point them out. But it's all designed to basically separate you from your money. And maybe these things work at you know some level, but they don't work as a replacement for proactive lead generation. And that's the thing you've got to get clear in your head. So before you fire off a you know impassioned text to me, explain to me how I don't understand the fact that, you know, you're going to somehow be this big real estate influencer, um, I want you to really ask yourself this one question. Why are you doing it? How long are you going to continue doing it when the hopes and dreams, uh, you know, that it'll work? How long are you actually going to continue to invest your life energy and your money into this particular thing? And what is it costing you? What is it costing you in terms of obvious things, time, money, but opportunity? And all you'd have to do isn't your ultimate goal when you got into real estate to, you know, help people and sell houses, wasn't that it? So why would you overcomplicate the helping people and selling houses if that was your original goal? You wanted to make money, you probably wanted to make a lot of money. How's all this social media stuff working out for you? It's appeasing your ego, it's feeding your I don't even know if the word's feeding, but it's playing into your desire to never actually feel rejection or not in the sense that you'd feel rejection if you were actually doing being a proactive lead generator. You're not, you're trying to avoid direct conversations with sellers. And that you're hoping that they'll come to you. That's the passive part because of all your social media. You're going to somehow magically create this golden web of incredible media content that once some seller is you know captured in your web, they're captivated by how incredible your content is. And that's going to make it so they call you. This is what you believe. You think that is true. You're being sold something. And over time, if you financially can afford to stay in the business by you know keeping that... Uh, vision propped up over time you'll realize what i've been and julie and i've been in all of our coaches and our books and our all of our podcasts what we've been telling you is true and here's the bottom line when you want to build a successful business it does not matter what kind of business it is that you have spokes in the wheel each of those spokes represent a source of business the sources of business that you build first are the ones that require the skill They're the ones that require proactive lead generation, that after you have those spokes consistently generating business for you, and we talk about this obviously in huge amounts in our coaching program, let alone our book, but once you get those proactive lead generation spokes working consistently, if you then choose to play in social media, by the way, Julie made this funny point the other day, it's called social media not work media right
2: <laughs> you are socializing it is, period. you are socializing and it's not a spoke no it's a, it's support to functioning spokes well, and support to what you're actually doing in real estate. But you don't even work. have to
1: do it. That's and you point. don't have,
2: there's no requirement whatsoever. I'll, I'll illustrate your point. Well, let me just finish, yep. okay? Yep. And I'll, Then my okay. rant will be over and I'll okay. flip
1: my rant switch off, okay? <laughs> but the reality of it is you don't have to do it ever. And a lot of you guys are thinking, well, I have to have this big social media presence <laughs> in order to basically be successful at real estate. Why do you think that's true? Because you've heard other people who are trying to sell you something say that that's what you need. Because everyone's told you for you to be successful, you need a brand. Because everyone has told you for you to be successful, you need to be doing all these other things that, let me guess, are lining their pockets if you believe what they're saying. Are you understanding what I'm saying here, guys? This should be painfully obvious to you. If you want to be successful in real estate, learn how to be a listing agent. If you want to be successful in real estate, uh, quickly learn how to be a listing agent. If you want to be successful in real estate 5, 10, 20 years from now, be a listing agent. That's it. That's what you have to do. Everything else follows that. So once you're successful at being a proactive lead generator, primarily focused on being a listing agent, you won't want to buy leads. You won't want to do all these other things that agents are doing that produce zero profit for them. And you probably won't ever even want to waste that much time on all the social media stuff because you won't have to. If you have your magic number of listings all the time and you're making consistent money and somebody you know calls you and says, hey, Julie, you want to buy a bunch of buyer leads? I, will you even, I, I hope you're polite to them. I mean, honestly, I don't want you to be mean to these poor people trying to sell you stuff you don't need. They probably don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. They're, they're selling something. Yeah, and that's that's actually a good point. I mean, it's not their fault, b- before right? you buy anything from anybody, and you know, that's designed to basically help you generate business in, for your business. Your rules should be number one, Mister Whoever you are, who's trying to sell me something. Have you ever sold real estate before? If the answer is no, then you need to understand yeah. that that person. Is probably not qualified to be giving you any kind of advice, let alone selling you a product or a widget for the betterment of your business. I think you need to be that rigid. Have you sold real estate more uh, before, Mr. Whoever you are? No. Okay. If the answer is yes, let's move on to question number two. Were you successful at selling real estate? And by successful, it's not they sold 10 houses over 10 years. Successful would be, did they at least sell 100 houses? Have they sold 100 houses in a year? That would be successful. Don't you agree, listeners, that it makes sense that if you're going to listen to somebody, you should listen to someone who's A, sold real estate, and B, sold real estate estate at a high level of having successfully sold 100 houses in a year? I'm not saying people who haven't don't have lots that that you can benefit from. They absolutely do. But I'm saying for the sake of choosing who you're going to do business with and who you're going to rely upon for the sake of of the betterment of your business, those are your first two criteria. Now, let's say you do find someone that sold real estate that's trying to sell you something. You did find somebody that sold a hundred houses who's trying to sell you something. Now, the next question is, did they sell um, between you know over a hundred houses per year consistently for a long period of time? I would say three to five years would be qualifying for a long period of time. Did they do that? Because if they didn't, then you then now have to realize that if they did indeed sell a hundred houses in a year, it was probably a subdivision. It was probably they were an REO agent and they got a bunch of listings from Bank of America or something.
2: I would add another one, which is if let's say you find that unicorn, right? Where did their actual business come from? It did, did they have results from what they're trying to sell you or did they just invent huh, some funny. kind of SEO widget or something? That no, that's a good buying? point.
1: That's a good point. I mean, exactly. And so when you go through those three filters, when you're deciding who you're going to do business with, I promise you there will be virtually nobody that you're going to be buying crap from. And there is the answer. You should not be doing business with a lot of these people because they do not know how to help you be successful in real estate. They do know or they're trying to learn how to sell you stuff that makes you that leads you to believe that whatever they're selling will help you to be successful in real estate. Their uh, goal is not in alignment with yours. Yours is to be successful in real estate, helping people and make money. Theirs is to sell you something. Uh, Hopefully you're inhaling the hopium with the idea that that will then somehow magically make it so you don't ever have to do the real work of real estate. And that's actually being a proactive lead generator. You guys get it? This is just a placebo for work. That's what social media is. That's what all this stuff is. Now, does it have a place? It does, I suppose, but it happens secondarily to actually having done the real work of real estate. Don't be confused about this, especially those of you in your 20s and your 30s, because you guys have never come into contact with the types of things that Julie and I are saying in our book. There's maybe only one other person, Jeb Blunt, that says what Julie and I say. Other than that, no one talks about this anymore. And frankly, they have never even developed a skill set to basically be proactively generous. And why don't they talk like, or why don't they have the knowledge base that we have? Because they never did it, because they themselves came up in this era of social media. In other words, they have only been in the business of any kind of business for like 10 or maybe 12 years. And their whole coming up, Who they listened to were all these people that were also saying the same thing. So they never actually had the opportunity, or maybe had the opportunity, but rejected it to learn the long, the frankly, the only way to build a long term sustaining real estate business. Now, let me predicate that. If your goal is to make a 50 or 60% margin, then yes, you want to be a proactive lead generator. If your goal is to make 2 or 3% margin, hopefully, then do the other thing. Right? right? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Are you in business to make a profit? Are you in business to help people? Are you in business? You are. All of you are. All of you guys listening right now, you definitely have a heart of service. You definitely are in alignment with that being your, I know you are. I mean, maybe one or two sociopaths are out there. We do have tens of thousands <laughs> of listeners, I suppose. Hopefully they've hung out a, by now. a few sneak in, right? <laughs> but the rest of you yeah. definitely are in alignment with that mission on, on this planet, which is what it is. So why don't you put yourself in a position to help as many people as fast as you can, and that requires skill. In order for you to help a lot of people with the job of selling their home, right, helping them accomplish that goal and solve that problem, you have to earn the right to be that person. Earn it through your skill set and the problems, the, the skill set you have to solve their problems. You're not going to do it through making cute TikTok videos. I hope you – hopefully you guys are getting real clear about this. So there is a place for it, but it's absolutely not the first spokes on your wheel. And once you have those first proactively generation spokes on your wheel, once those are solid – you then will discover all that stuff was mostly silly and probably well absolutely optional but you have to do you have to do the spokes in the right order
2: Yes okay so you were talking about how we're pretty much and Jeb blunder the only ones that that you know are this honest with them I'll tell you who else is our, our coaching clients who pop up now and then because I scan through with things like agent uh, mastermind Facebook and lab code agents and all these places where you guys post and try and influence each other. And most of the time, it's a conversation that goes nowhere. I'll give you an example. Well, I've seen and, it. <clears throat> yeah. Well, and why do I go there? I don't spend that much time there. But I I go there to see two things. One is I see what they're dealing with with their negotiations and hot market stuff that's that's being thrown at them. And then the other one is just to see, like, what is the agent mindset? I'm just kind of taking a temperature and seeing what's what's the hot topic. So I think it was yesterday morning, I saw somebody that said, I got my license yesterday. Zillow has already contacted me, and they've given me three options, options—you know, uh, silver, gold, and bronze. And it started at like $1,500 a month, 2500 $3,500. And, and of course, agents were like, well, what are you supposed to get for that? Well, I'm supposed to get this many impressions in, in between 10 and 12 leads a month or something like that. Okay. And, and so there was some discussion back and forth about, you know, how much you should be spending in, in paid lead generation, what's the best. And then, then somebody chimes in and says, well, I mean, I picked up the phone for like an hour and a half this morning, and I already have a well-qualified listing appointment with an older expired. I have another one Saturday with somebody from my center of influence because I talk to them all the time, and I've got a total of about maybe three and a half hours invested and zero dollars. And you could just, like, almost hear hear the crickets, crickets, (laughs) right? And, you know, I'm scanning down, and I thought, well, that was a smart response. I wonder who that was. I looked it up, I think it was Matthew Sharp, somebody that's been (laughs) with us for, like, three or four years. And I thought, well, you know, there's a good example. Now... Can you do that out of the gates? We've had coaching clients that- Absolutely. We did
1: when you and I were in our (laughs) early 20s. I mean, no, we didn't have scripts. We had to learn on the job. We sold over 100 houses our first year in the business.
2: and many of them were expired. Many of them were for sale by owners. There were some open house leads. We had no
1: centers of influence No, we didn't have any past
2: clients, Mm -hmm. you know. Now, we did prospect our- Detailed business, you know, um, center of influence, but these are proactive talking to people, lead generation. This is not shelling out your visa card because somebody called you the second you got licensed. My point being, two things: one is that they don't really have a filter for this, because how would you know if you're supposed to do that or not? When everybody talks about, well, well what are you exactly? Spending?
1: That's the problem: is they are they're going, not educated on they're it. They're not. It's the it's the levels. I hate saying this because, but it's so relevant. It's the. Uh, you know, the different levels of learning. That's sure. really what it is. And a lot of these guys don't know what they don't know. It's unconscious yeah. uh, incompetence, And basically. you can stay there
2: for a long time.
1: Well, that's... And then they go to these places. They go yeah. to these places to get misinformation. And then the same people who also have misinformation are passing along the bad information. That's right. And then it just basically wash, rinse, repeat. And it goes on for decades. Yes. But what's really sad is a lot of the... If you go back to some of those Facebook groups that have been up for years... And you go and start clicking through some of these. These agents aren't even in the business anymore. I know. I know. They're like, gone. They're not really qualified. And what, what happened, but, yeah. but my point is, what happens to those agents? They never start learning how to do the proactive work of real estate. So guys, the concept here is really very simple. If you, you are not going to be able to fake your way into being a listing agent. And many of you guys know that. And that's the reason you gravitate towards working with buyers. Because working with buyers is social work. You know, basically, it's, you know, just being friendly and just talking to people and, you know, it's not a lot of skill. Let's just be honest. It's physical labor. But working with sellers on all ends of it is a skill set that you have to learn. And the longer you hide behind that necessary skill set, I'm going to join a team, I'm going to buy leads, I'm going to work on my branding, I'm going to do all these other things, the greater chance you have of complete failure. Anyone who's been in the business for more than a you know a blink knows what I'm telling them and telling you guys is absolutely true. So when you still when you pop around all these different places and you're trying to seek out the latest widget and the latest shiny object and that's what so many of you guys do I bet you there is. I bet you there's easily. I'm gonna. I don't want to say a trillion, but there is mm-hmm. easily hundreds of billions of dollars that are being spent right now sure. by real estate agents. Like the real estate industry in the United States is mm-hmm. a thirty trillion dollar a year industry, or something like that, all mm-hmm. added up. Mm-hmm. But I bet you there's. I would be shocked if it was less than a hundred billion dollars a year that agents spend on gimmicks. Yeah. And they they basically they're always looking. It's like an addiction to whatever the latest greatest thing is. And they go from one latest, greatest thing to another, to another, to another. Sure. Why They're are samplers.
2: You do- they try stuff out.
1: But listeners, why are you doing that? Explain to me why you're doing that. If you got into real estate to help people and to make money and to improve the life, your life and the lives of other uh, everyone else you know. You didn't get into business, uh, this business, and didn't get your license uh, wanting to be a silver bullet or shiny nickel chaser, did you? You didn't originally get into business to essentially become a social media star, did you? You just took bad advice. You've made some you need some course direction, you need it immediately. Otherwise, how are you going to stay in the business? This business is going to see a surge in new licensees. I'm absolutely. No,
2: it, it already is. I see it all the time. Yep. We yep. are seeing a for surge sure.
1: in the number of people saying it for a coaching program. Uh-huh. Our podcast listens are increasing all over the world. Real, I mean, all the reasons that right now the number of people that are getting into real estate is going to go through the roof. It's because people were mostly at home globally um, you know, because of COVID and they all got real estate licenses. The states themselves are backed up in some cases a year before you're allowed to sit for your test. I, yeah, I think, mean,
2: almost all of our coaching clients that have kids in their 20s and 30s, they're all licensed or getting of licensed. Every single so one of them. The
1: number of people getting into real estate, I don't even, I can't even speculate, but it's going to be there's gonna you're gonna hear reports a year from now where National Association of Realtors is gonna, you know, be building a new glass building in Washington yeah. DC yeah. from all the dues and whatnot. But the point being is the number of agents is going to increase, not just in the United States, globally. And a lot of people getting into real estate are getting into real estate with previous professional backgrounds backgrounds. backgrounds and they are going to come to the industry and they are not going to succumb to the gimmicks they are going to know what it takes to actually be successful in business because they're going to have previous real business experience which most people get into real estate did not have And that's the reason that you guys are always going to fall prey to the people trying to sell you the gimmicks, because you do not have the filters in place to know who you should be listening to. And these guys, these new waves of agents that we're starting to see, they're absolutely going to dominate the marketplace. I'm positive of that.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, coming from business backgrounds, they also do, many of them do have a better filter. Many of them do sniff out, why would I do that? Why am I going to pay for that? They ask the right questions. Right, because whatever they came from has had a systematic approach, and they know that there's a better mousetrap out there, right? Well,
1: I mean, agents don't ask the questions. (laughs) That's my my point. My three filters. The whole point of that was to design it so that essentially nobody makes it through the filters. Right. And that's what you should be – you should seriously be thinking about that. I have
2: to confess, oftentimes on those boards that I read, I just simply post compareacoach.com, and make sure that you've asked the questions because it's not all the same. Why would you ever take advice from somebody who hasn't sold real estate or somebody who hasn't done it at your level or doing what they're trying to coach you to do? It's insanity. I, well, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't hire somebody to teach Zoe Spanish that, you know,
1: exactly. but it was
2: like their fifth language. Well,
1: just to be totally self-serving too. Yeah. I doubt if there's anybody in the real estate industry that's mm-hmm. had more one-on-one calls than you and I. Oh, there's no way. I mean you and I personally. I would be shocked if there's millions. any- Millions. Millions. I mean,
2: no joke, because I think like seven years ago when we were at hundreds of thousands, I stopped counting. Yep. You know, so it does make a difference. And I think that there's a huge advantage. Like, Well, why does
1: it make a difference? Because when we're training our coaches who work for us, our Harris Certified Coaches, you guys can go to harriscertifiedcoach.com to learn more. But when we're training our certified coaches, they're getting the experience – from not only someone who's sold real estate at a high level, mm-hmm. but also someone who's, truthfully, we coached agents at a much higher level than we ever sold real estate. Absolutely. And and so that's the experience that trickles down to you guys. So when you're trying to compare apples to oranges, it's more than, you have to be very discerning on who you listen to. Start with those three filters and, and don't compromise. Don't allow yourself to make an emotional purchase. Don't just pop in different websites and just because everyone's saying, you need to be making this video, you know, a whole bunch of videos, a whole bunch of Instagramming, you know, to be on Clubhouse all the time, all these other things. Don't assume they know what the hell they're talking about because they probably don't. No. Because they've never sold real estate. They've never sold real estate at a high level or they've never sold real estate at a high level for a long period of time. Does this not make that's sense? It
2: absolutely does. When you find yourself saying, well, I guess I'll try that out. That is your that is your red flag going, no, 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 no. There's no trying it out. The longer you spend trying it out, sampling different things, you know, you're just wasting time in your career and you are on the path to washing out like the big statistic says. That most of most agents don't make it past. It used to be eighteen months. Now I think it's like twelve months or so, because they're blowing all their money up front.
1: I truthfully feel sorry for the agents who are not being exposed, or at least given an opportunity to learn the truth about what it takes to be successful in any business long term. Yeah, I I feel sorry for them because they're getting into this business, and they probably, in some cases, have quit their you know steady paychecks. And they've uh, you know, pinned their hopes and their dreams and their family's hopes and their dreams to real estate career. Sure. And then they fall into these different rabbit holes. And then months and then years pass. And then they're failed. Mm-hmm. They, they, they fail. Yeah. And maybe they hold on by their fingernails, but they never make any money. And where it rips at me, frankly, is mm-hmm. because I had a father who was an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And I saw him fail many times in his sure. business ventures. And I remember how that would absolutely be like a gut punch that it would take him sometimes some – well, he never really got over them, and
2: it didn't just affect him; it affected his family.
1: Oh yeah, it made know, our family life effects. when I was it made our family life when I was growing up pretty awful. Truthfully, yeah. because we never had any real money, no security, right? Yep. Financial insecurity sure. was a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's real. But as I list, as I see all these people, this is really where my heart goes when I'm talking mm-hmm. about this crap. Right? Is that I hear all these absolute gimmick snake oil salesmen, and maybe I do think most of them know what they're selling is fake. I yep. really do. And, and then I, I think of all these agents that are coming into the industry that don't have, frankly, should not be even paying for anything Um, you know, it has anything to do with buying leads or any of this other stuff. And they just get sucked into it. And they talk to all their friends and their peers and they get, and they reinforce them making bad business decisions. They don't stop to think, well, maybe I shouldn't be asking, you know, that real estate agent for, uh, you know, financial advice or for business advice because maybe they're not successful. Oh, but hold on. They have a bunch of TikTok videos. So that must mean something. Let's go
2: research them. Oh, well, they look professional. Okay. Uh So let me ask a question. How many people would have gotten your license if in real estate school they said you're going to have to spend thousands of dollars per month to create some kind of image for yourself to attract business? Wouldn't you have just been like, what? And then when you get your license, it's like you feel like you've got to do that stuff. I just think it's so like such a disparity between when you're all excited about getting into this. And then you get sucked into that vortex.
1: Well, again, so let's just let's uh, let's assume that we've yeah. done a sufficient job yeah. let's of, of making the point. Let's yeah. land the plane, okay? But I do want to make this last point. Mm-hmm. If you want to be successful in real estate, and I've said this, and Julie and I will say this until you know the cows come home. And by the way, definitely get our book, Harris Rules. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Audible books, everything you can, po- everywhere you can possibly imagine. But if you want to be successful long term in real estate and you want to make the most profit, I'm going to tell you the secret. Ready? Oh, actually, I'll even tell you. I, well, here's the bottom line. Be a listing agent. And you don't have to wait to be a listing agent. You don't have to you know, work with thousands of buyers before you can be a listing agent. You don't have to brand yourself. No, you do not have to brand yourself and spend a bunch of money on your branding in order to be a listing agent. No, you do not have to do all the crap that people are telling you you have to do to be a listing agent. What you have to do is know how to solve other people's problems. And that starts with knowing how to be a proactive lead generator. That's it. And guess what? What I just told you, it takes your time and it takes effort because you're going to have to learn the skill, but it does not cost you a nickel. You can learn how to be a proactive lead generator. It doesn't cost you anything. So I want you to, hear. this would be a fun, I should actually do this the next time someone unknowingly solicits us to sell us this mm. they think we're real estate agents. Yeah. And so we get all these crappy ass emails too. So next time I get one, I'm going to say, I'm going to ask them this question. Actually, I am going to do this. I'm going to email them back. Or I might even talk to them and I'll say, so I want you to help me understand, Mr. Gimmick Salesman, why is it that I should be spending you know, $1,500 a month with you to generate a bunch of buyer leads where I could just basically do one, two, three and and essentially go after sellers and become a proactive lead, a listing agent and not have to really spend anything? Explain to me which is going to get me the results faster. Explain to me which is going to put money in my pocket faster. Help me understand why I'd want to spend you dollars know, $20,000 a year with you when I can just basically go after the exact people who I'm hoping to attract in the first place from all the social networking gimmicky crap, which is motivated sellers. If I can get, so Mr. Whoever it is that's trying to sell me something, if why would I buy what you've got for sale when I've already got a list and I have a list every single day of uh, new expires, for example, Probate, for example. Notice the defaults, for example. There's going to be all sorts of added opportunity for motivated sellers. So why would you waste your money and time doing those other things when you can just simply go and get the list of people who already have their hands in the air saying, yes, I want to sell my house. Do you guys see how this is different than all other forms of business? Other forms of business, you have to create the product and then you have to create the customer. In real estate, you do not have to do that you the product is obviously the real estate and you know frankly the product is your profit from the transaction but the inventory doesn't cost you anything you just have to Earn the right to be the person that gets the listing. It's not that complicated. It's the most simple business you could possibly get into. You made the right decision getting in your real estate license. Now make the you know secondary right decision, making so you can stay in the real estate industry, so you can thrive in the real estate industry, so you can thrive long term, so you can make more money. And then when you learn the proactive stuff, I guarantee you, you will not be seduced into believing that you need to do all the other things. I don't want to make a final point. I had a call. Yesterday, and this was a guy, and he doesn't listen, so I don't care if he knows who I'm talking about because I know he's not a listener. Mm -hmm. Okay, he was in Maryland, Mm -hmm. and he has had a team of, uh, it was like 13 or 15 agents, Mm -hmm. and he did 84, his team did $84 million last year. It's respectable. De- yeah, yep. absolutely. Sure. And um, I forget the number of units they sold. I could look at my notes. So, And I am talking to them because they want to join eXp, and they want Julie and I to be their sponsor. And if you want to join eXp, you could text me directly at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. So I don't remember the exact number of transactions they did. Actually, I could look at my notes because it's kind of interesting. Let me see if I can find it easily. Looking in my notes... Oh, here it is. All right. Um, 43,160,000 transactions. So actually I had the numbers wrong. So it's 43,163,000 transactions. The average sale price was like 330 grand. So I then I asked this uh, person, very nice guy. And I asked him essentially what percent of the 160 deals, was that what I said? Yeah, 160 deals, how many of those were list sides, how many of those were buy sides? And he said it was split evenly, which is what I typically find, 80-80. And then I asked him on the buy side what his profit was on the buyer side transactions. He sort of knew but didn't really know. And then I asked him what his profit was per buyer agent that he had. He he didn't know at all. And then I asked him how many houses, and I did did the math for him on my calculator. I said how many house listings... Did you actually go out, and he's his own listing agent, right? How many houses did you go out and list last year? And it was the 80 or something about close to that. And then I put pen to paper. And then I quickly figured out that what he was doing in probably about $200,000 a year. Now, I want you to listen to what I'm telling you, listeners. He was actually subsidizing the buyer side of his business. So if you look at his 160 transactions, there's the seller side and there's the buyer side. On the buyer side of the business, he was buying, he was spending untoward amounts of money with Zillow. He had all these buyer agents. He had them on a commission split where he was making barely any money. He had all these transaction coordinators, not to mention all the time he's spending, carrying and feeding all these buyer agents. Okay, so there's that side of the business. On that side of the business, the amount of money, I'm gonna call him Bob, (laughs) the amount of money that was actually Making it into Bob's pocket was zero. Not only that, Bob was out listing houses, and essentially Bob was subsidizing the buyer side of the business to the amount of about two hundred thousand dollars per year just to keep those buyers agents in business. He was make he was spending what should have been his profit from his listing efforts to keep the buyer side of the train on the tracks. You and, understand?
2: and by the way, there's not just one Bob in the country. We've had this story many times. With Brokers, just too. Slightly different numbers, but the same story.
1: Right. I mean, this is common on these big teams. They don't make any money on the buyer side of the transaction. You could say the buyer agent commissions are too high. You can say that the, you know, the buyer leads cost too much. You can say all that stuff. But I'm, and all of it's true. None of it's you know. There's a whole bunch of headwinds to making profits off the buyer side of the business. Which now I want you to add some complexity to it. There's every reason to believe that the buyer side commissions are start are going to start being uh, the subject of uh, what these tech companies are going to go after in order to reduce their transactional costs. In other words, the co-op commission is going to become optional. You're going to see buyer agent commissions reduced. And so what's going to happen to Bob's business model when his cost of his leads are staying the same, when his buyer agents are still expecting to have the same commission split, but the actual revenue on the buyer side of the business actually starts to get even worse. Well, I can tell you what's going to happen. Very quickly, Bob's personal income is going to go to zero, if not negative, because he is going to continue to subsidize that side of the business. Now, why does he do it? Because Bob wants to talk about his numbers. Bob wants to be able to say, I sold 160 houses. Bob wants to say, I sold $84 million in real estate. Bob does not ever talk about Bob's profit. The Bob Profit conversation did not come up, but I was able to figure out what Bob's Profit works because I've done this so many times with other teams, and I was able to quickly show him what his actual cash flow was looking like without ever having seen his spreadsheet. And I think he got it. And what did he get? He got the fact that the way he's built his business was predicated on a business model that was not designed to create the most important thing in any business, which is called profit. It was designed to turn out transactions in dollar volume. Anybody who's had a big team before, anybody who's been in this industry for more than, you know, a blink, knows what I just said is true. And yet, how many of you are not only falling down the branding buying lead, you know, rabbit holes, but also walking into the whole team thing. When you listen to people talk, when they want to talk about their units and they want to talk about their dollar volume, it's impressive. Congratulations. I'm not saying it didn't take, you know, some skill. It didn't take some talent. You did a really good job of churning transactions and and churning money. Great. Good job. But let's talk about your profit. Let's talk about what you actually made. And here's what I find consistently, and this is a real heartbreaker for those of you who are on this team thing. And the team things become a bit like a religion. Is if you basically generate a million dollars in revenue as a team leader, you're probably only going to net about 120 or 150 thousand, maybe 200 thousand dollars. You can net, you can go, Julie. You can net that same amount of money if you sell about 350 thousand dollars. Or really about two hundred fifty thousand dollars, you can net that same amount of money uh, that you would have had you basically made a million as a team, uh, someone running a team. So these are all things that you guys need to be taking into consideration as you decide where you're going to invest your time, money, and energy, because you don't get any of those things back if you, especially your money, if you don't invest it uh, correctly. Now, yes, this has nothing to do with the topic we were planning on talking with you about, but it was a rant worth having, wasn't it? Did we make an impression on some of you? Did we open your Are we giving you an alternative path forward, assuming that your business uh, modus operandi was originally intended to be around profit and helping people? If that's the case, get back on track. Don't allow yourself to go down these rabbit holes thinking that there's somehow a pot of gold at the other end. There isn't. If there is, you'd see people, you'd see these real estate teams being built and sold. You'd see these real estate teams being rolled up and there being some big, you know, none of this stuff happens because these are inefficient businesses and not because the people running the businesses aren't potentially fantastic business people. Most of them are, truthfully. It's because the business model is flawed. It's broke. It doesn't work. It barely worked when it was created back in the 90s. That's when this was all. This stuff was created back in the '90s, guys. None of this stuff is new. It barely worked then. Assuming by work I mean your goal is to turn, have an actual profit from your business. If that is your goal, this the business model that a lot of you guys are essentially blissfully walking down or walking towards is not going to produce the profit you need to make a meaningful impact, on your, frankly, on your financial future and your ability to actually build wealth, your ability to actually make a, you know, essentially have financial stability, whereas we talk about in our book, to be rich. And rich is simply where your money works for you. You no longer have to work for your money. In other words, you've produced enough profit. And with that profit, you reinvest it, and then you can have essentially, you know, cash flow sources that aren't, you know, required or aren't predicated on selling real estate. And that's a goal that all of you should be moving towards because I've got an unfortunate news report here for you. As you get older, you're going to wish you would have listened to what I just said. Intuitively, every single one of you that are listening to what I'm saying now, you have to at least have a few little epiphanies or sparks go off in your head that what I'm saying is true. So what do you do with this information? You need to take a hard look at why you originally got into the real estate business in the first place. And I can pretty much guarantee you having done this exercise with a lot of people – it wasn't to be a social media star. You guys got into real estate because you ultimately wanted freedom. You wanted freedom of your how you spend your time, what you do, who you spend your time with. That sense of freedom only comes from having financial security. In other words, being rich. That is the bottom line. You have to essentially help enough people accomplish their goals in order for you to earn the right to basically be at that point where you can have one day have that sense of uh, financial freedom. I strongly encourage you to really calibrate your, you know, your radar to into why you truly got into this business. And if you are not laser focused on what your true mission is, what's going to happen is you're going to have thousands of people that are going to meander in and out of your life and they're going to grab hold that tuning dial of your radar and they're going to tune it to their frequency so they can basically you know sell you something. That is what they're going to mostly try to do, sell you into a given sell you into an idea. There are business people that are outselling you on what you need to be doing to basically build your business. And hopefully that makes sense. And if I've offended any of you, I apologize. It's not my goal to offend people. It's my and Julie's goal to wake you guys up to the potential and the blessing that the real estate industry can be. It also can be a curse. It can. It can be a horrible experience for some of you, but it is not designed like that. This industry is a blessing. Focus on why you got into the business, which is being a service to other people. Focus on, frankly, you know what you're here to offer the, the world, the universe, your buyers and sellers. And when you do that, you're naturally then going to want to learn the skill set to be of service to them. Otherwise, you're out of alignment with what your highest and truest purpose is, which is being of service to other people. If you're here to be of service to other people, you have to have the skill set to be able to serve, right? Right. And you're not getting that doing TikTok videos. You're not doing that working on your brand. You guys get it? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So at least absorb this. Think about it. Text me if you want to talk about it. If you guys have any other show ideas, please always text me. I really sincerely appreciate it. And in the meantime, look, guys, thank you for continuing to make this the number one listened to daily podcast in the United States for real estate agents. It is our honor, our pleasure. And I mean that from Julie and I. We love doing this podcast. We love the feedback. We love the impact that we're having on all of you. It's incredible, and we feel blessed to be part of your lives, and we sincerely appreciate the opportunity uh, to continue to be of service to you. So if there's anything I can do for you, text me directly at 512-758-0206. Thanks, and have a fantastic day.
0: This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com.